Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm Sal Internado here. We're back. Uh, Army's got a, a postseason uh, bowl game now. A liberty, Liberty, Liberty. They're going to the Liberty Bowl. I'm here with Dan Cabaza of As for Football, covers Army football very well for that website. I'm here with a regular here, Jim Zopolis, and uh, we're going to discuss uh, the big news today. I mean, it started last night, and it was a kind of a whirlwind media tour by Jeff Munkin today, and uh, Ends up with Army um, playing uh, West Virginia, a Power Five team in the Liberty Bowl, a place where Army hasn't been, and you know it's it, it, it's a it's a really good it's a really good uh, opportunity for Army, no doubt. Things worked out pretty well for the Black Knights. Uh, first, if guys, if you want to follow us on social media, we have Black Knight Nation on Twitter, and now we just today big big thing for this podcast. We are now going to be on Apple Podcasts. Okay. Uh, yeah, under Black Knight Nation. We're getting there, Dan. We're getting there, you know. So, That's awesome. Uh, Good for you, Sal. That's awesome. Yeah, so please subscribe and follow us. And give us – we have a YouTube channel too, Black Knight Nation. Um, please subscribe to that. These videos are live on there too. So um, just wanted to get the, the, the promos out there. And now we'll get right back – we'll get right at the news. Um, guys, I mean, not too surprised – that Army's going to play in a postseason game, but for it to happen today is certainly a good sign, right? Because as things uh, dragged on yesterday, it wasn't good news. So you wanted to get the news pretty much as soon as possible that they were going to have a destination for that 12th game. And uh, just your thoughts, your initial thoughts. First, we'll start with Dan on the initial thoughts of uh, you know this this uh, the breaking news. I'm glad it happened today. My sense is that if it didn't happen today or tomorrow, it wasn't going to happen at all. And you know, talking about Jeff Munkin's whirlwind uh, press tour, I think he had to put a lot of pressure out there because the reality is nobody wants to play the triple option on a short schedule. So if they were going to play somebody with less than a week prep, like it had to be impossible for them to say no. Uh, my sense is, you know, people have watched Air Force run for 400 plus yards weeks and weeks and weeks in a row, and then they come to Mikey Stadium and they don't even get what 150, 160. So. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants that smoke. They just didn't want it. I, even good teams didn't want it. And so, yeah, you got to put it out there that make it hard to say no, which they did, and that's awesome. Jim, your thoughts on, on, on the news? Well, 24 hours ago, it was a little more strong, uh, tighter, and I think today is it was a big relief. And within an hour uh, before us even coming on here, and I'm sure Dan covered it uh, early on his uh, podcast, but the, the fact is that when things moved around, when we got the initial news and indicator that Tennessee had COVID issues, that was the opening we needed. We already determined that there was an odd number of football teams out there to play the bowl season. And so realistically, the biggest thing we needed was somebody to drop out. Now, I was looking for warmer locations like you were, Florida, of course, uh, but the Liberty Bowl was a fantastic bowl, uh, very prestigious, historic bowl. Uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, I think, deserves to see you know, you're all American team. You know, this is America's team is Army football. I think we've really grown into there. I think that we've really evolved. Again, this past decade has been really special. Uh, Coach Munkin has done a tremendous job and seeing what we did to maneuver around and, and behind the curtains, uh, once again, to have Mike Buddy and Bob Beretta uh, really working the phones, really taking care of how do we get Coach Munkin out in front and just explain the situation, not necessarily always stating our case, but explaining the conditions we were at and showing how worthy we were to be in a bowl game. Yeah, no doubt. Of course, last night I said, hey, let's play in Florida. Let's play in some place warm. But honestly, I think that this is a better um, alternative for Army than the Armed Forces Bowl. I know, yes, I know 
the Armed Forces Bowls played in Fort Worth. That's a recruiting hotbed for Army. I get it. But it's good to move around a little bit and play somewhere different. And like you said, Jim, give give somewhere else in the country a chance to see Army play. You know, I think it's – and, and the matchup is a little bit more intriguing to me with West Virginia than it would be possibly with Tulsa. Or, or who knows? I guess what would have happened is maybe Mississippi State – could have moved to the Liberty Bowl, leaving the Armed Forces Bowl open, right, Dan? I guess that could have happened, th- theoretically. Well, I was expecting that, to be honest with you. You know, I I guess I'm always just looking for the mercenary capitalists to take over and take as much money as they can. Um, I don't know how much $4 million or $2 million payout, whatever, I don't know how much difference that makes to uh, Mississippi State's athletic department, but I know how much it makes to Army's athletic department. Now, there's only 50,000 West Point graduates and and anything that they don't make in ticket sales, somebody's got to fork over. It's, it's not like there's a gazillion of us to, to write checks. You know, Army needed the money. That's good. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, to look at it that way, if they did, what if they were, what if they stayed home and they weren't given this opportunity? Then it's a yeah. loss. Of, no, no, no joke. And right now, uh, revenue is important to Army. You see, there are, they have made staff cuts over the last month and, um, it lost a lot, lost a couple of good people too. So I mean, uh, it's great. Now, um, as far as the, the day unfolding, I mean, when you see uh, Jeff Munkin go on, you know, he was on Series XM Full Ride, then Dan Patrick, then Rich Eisen. I mean, the message was the same, and you had a, he really kind of painted the picture of last night, telling the telling the players what was up, you know, and the players. I mean, I, I, I had an Army grad football grad text me. What, you know, good for the players that they want to do this. Of course they want to do this, right, guys? I mean, was there any other option for these players? That's what they were going to do. I mean, they want they want to play. They want to they want one more game in, in the Army uniform, the senior class that has a chance to make hit, uh, make more history. They're the first senior class to win three Commander-in-Chief's trophies in Army football history, you know? So, I mean, and they're the winningest senior class in Army football history. I mean, I, I didn't think there was – I. I you know, you'd think that really the players would go any other way and would uh, would staying around or going home and then maybe even possibly coming back for a bowl game. There was absolutely no doubt whatsoever in my mind that for the Army football players, they were going to prepare, they were going to stay, and they definitely want to be all in. Very much unlike the Pac-12, USC went from going to talking uh, themselves up into national championship and playoff contention to taking a complete miss. UCLA on a rebuild year had, you know, had the chance to go 500 above. They took a knee. Stanford, a really good finish against UCLA, had the opportunity to come down and face us, took a knee. Arizona State, and I was very surprised about Herm Edwards, who I I revere as a coach, and I think that would have been, if any, the team we could have possibly faced. Arizona State coming out and saying, listen, men, you can learn from these other men. I thought that was a perfect leadership opportunity for Herm Edwards, and I was actually kind of shocked to see uh, them pull out of the bowl contention even when they reached 500 level. I, yeah. I don't think he wanted to get beat that bad. Uh, I, my sense is that Arizona State team is not very good. And, uh, you know, you can get beat by Army and it's okay, but if you get smoked like uh, Houston did a couple years ago, that 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 can cause problems. Well, to me, is finishing the last two games on and up, and that's why I thought Arizona State leading into it with a lot of momentum, beating you know beating their rival, hanging yeah. seventy points on Arizona, closing out Arizona State team that upset Oregon realistically or Oregon State 
uh, uh, per se. But really, I thought leaning into it, there was a little bit momentum. And again, his exposure uh, for a recruiting class, and he's still building on to a relatively new program the way he does stuff uh, down in Tempe. Yeah, I think that last night, Connor, Crean, and you were right were spot on with these teams, and even Dan saying it today. They, they just don't want to prepare against this this Army offense. They just don't want to prepare. And I think it's just as much – I said last night, it's just as much as the defense. This defense has been really good this year. They've been really stingy, and it's it's hard to score on this defense, whether you're from – you know, Cincinnati had problems scoring against this defense for three and a half quarters. You know, so uh, – and they're a top ten team, probably should be a top five team. So, I mean, uh, I think that you guys were spot on with that. And and now if we can look um, forward to the West Virginia matchup, I know it's pretty fresh in, in the mind, but how you guys see that um, kind of unfolding, so to speak. I know West Virginia, they, they've, they're they five and four, but three of those losses, I believe, are two ranked teams. You know, they, they, they've been pl- they play the Big 12 uh, schedule. And then some people say the Big 12 is, is down maybe this year. But um, what do you think about the matchup with West Virginia? I think it's tough. Uh, yeah, I was looking at it right before we came on. Uh, their quarterback, whose name I, I haven't learned yet, um, he's what almost a 65% completion passer. Uh, they're giving up just 3.6 yards per carry. You look at the teams Army has struggled with historically, teams that are very stingy against the run, and especially this year, quarterbacks that can be highly accurate from the pocket. You know, Army's defense has been pretty good about stopping the run against almost everybody, even Cincinnati, who's you know a very good running football team. But when a quarterback can make those accurate throws from the pocket, they've been able to dink and dunk down the field against Army. And I don't I don't think that there's any good defense against this. I mean, we play a, a bend but don't break defense for a reason. You know, Dan, to your to your point, I think the matchups, the matchups are very difficult in this one. And I would almost throw the record almost completely out against West Virginia. You have Dante and Darius Stills, and those are the run stoppers. Talk about filling up a defensive line with two people. You got two brothers in the interior, 55 and 56. Watch them. You have a highly active and fast uh, sideline, sideline linebacker in Tony Fields. Tony Fields has a sack. He's got an interception, 88 total tackles this year. So from that, a highly active defense against an option offense, to me, is it almost favors West Virginia. I think it's going to be very difficult. I think uh, it really kind of uh, it feels a little bit like the defensive front that Tulane set up. Tulane is big, and they're very quick inside, and that gave us a lot of problems. So that inside follow, it's going to be met with uh, very, very heavy resistance. On the offensive side of the balls, I think that uh, Jared Deggie, over 2,400 yards, uh, throws very efficiently, as you mentioned, well over 65%. Uh, To me, as he has an even pass distribution, a total of 15 different wide receivers have caught a ball this year. And and again, is, uh, you know, he's an athletic guy. He actually had the double pass in the Texas game. I don't know if you saw that clip earlier, but it was on the highlight. Tipped the ball back to himself, grabs the ball. Sure, let's go ahead and throw it downfield again. So to me, is he's going to present some challenges. Mobile quarterbacks do, allowing himself a little bit extra time more uh, to throw the ball downfield. You break down any pass coverage, and as good as we've been, uh, that's just going to present a little bit of trouble for our defense. If you're watching right now and like to send us some questions to answer, have any uh, comments, or you're just ecstatic that Army's got their 12th game in their, in their, in their bowl game, please send them along. We'll post them, and we'll answer them to the best of our ability. Um, yeah, I look at I look at like what the West Virginia. And you're right, Jim. It, it it may be a lot like Tulane, and um, we still don't know. We didn't know on Saturday that Army had all these guys that were going to be not dressing 
for the uh, for the Air Force game, and we do, now at least it gives you right the, the game's on December thirty first. So now maybe it gives those guys a little bit more time to possibly be be cleared and get back into get, get back into to the game at the bowl game, returning the bowl game. I think that's that maybe that's a maybe a, a you don't think about that when you hear this bowl. You're just ecstatic that hey they're playing, but if they were playing like um, in the you know, if they're gonna we're gonna play in the Independence Bowl, how many of those guys would they have back? How many of those guys? How many more might they be missing? You know, so I think that that's something that we that's also pretty key to have it. I don't know what you guys think about the New Year's Eve day. I mean, that's the people are around watching football that day, no doubt, right? I mean, so I think that's a good that's a good day to have a good date too for them for exposure. I think the New Year's Eve is terrific. Uh, it's at 4 p.m. That's that's awesome. I think 99% of football fans who want to be in front of a TV will be. Not to mention the fact that I don't know how much of America is going to go out for New Year's Eve this year. Uh, so I, I think it's a great date. I think it's a great opponent. After all this hubbub in the national news media, I think you're liable to get a, a hell of a lot of eyeballs, which is probably what the Liberty Bowl people want too. I think there's going to be a little bit of a mix uh, in person. Not sure of the total uh, – Attendance going to be allowed for that football game. I'm not sure if it's 15% or 20% in person, but I have to agree with Dan in saying that it's going to be a stay at home. Uh, December 31st is an absolutely great time to watch football, in my opinion. I'm going to be locked in front of the television for at least two straight days, pinned down. Uh, four o'clock is also a great, I love the four o'clock spot. Yeah. I think it's really fantastic. The exposure is going to be great. So there's a lot of uh, good as far as the timing. Uh, the one question mark I had, and Dan, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but not, I'm not 100% sure as far as how the Christmas timeline is going to line up. I think that the, it, you know, Nick Saban uh, runs a different program, obviously, than we do. You know, he's got a three-day uh, kind of furlough program for his, his football players to come back and return to Tuscaloosa. I'm wondering if we're going to have something similar. The problem that we have is – uh, we're not as regionalized in the Southeast as Alabama. I think we have kids that are, you know, across all 50 states, and it's going to be very difficult to travel. So I, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I guess, interested to see how that timeline is going to shape up for our, our prep for the uh, Liberty Bowl. Well, before this happened, I would have told you that I think Army likes having the right around Christmas Bowl, that 26th. 23rd. I, I don't think it's an accident that you've seen a lot of bowl games kind of in that same week in that same general timeline. So uh, I I don't think that the 31st is probably the first choice of all those kids who've been at West Point since May. I strongly doubt that it is. But uh, you know, hey, they're gonna they're gonna do it. And listen, it's it's one Christmas, and then they'll have these lifetime memories forever. And I doubt anybody's going to look back on it as a bad experience. It's just, you know, one of those things that they're, they're going to be at West Point probably for the holidays with their teammates. Yeah. I think Connor talked about this last night where army uh, bowl games in the last, their last three bowl games have been, you know, pretty entertaining and have drawn pretty good numbers. And, you know, attendance is different in 2020 now where you're only allowed a certain percentage, but usually they've been pretty, uh, pretty well viewed so i think that they're now adding to all this like you said national media hype i think this could be a game that people are really going to look forward to and it's a chance for army to kind of right prove itself that maybe it belongs in the top 25 to end the season i mean this this is the opportunity that yeah, they're right on the cusp cusp of the uh college and uh, ap polls right there at 27 and uh a win over west virginia probably would get them 
finish in the top 25, and that would be a 10-win season. And, wow, we talked about this last night. I mean, just from when you're in the summer thinking, who knows what the schedule is going to look like to a 10-win season and maybe in the top 25, could you have asked it? And the commander of Chiefs trophy, of course, could have asked for anything more from the season, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely. As far as the Pac-12, I was I was looking forward to the conference matchup. So the Big 12 is even a better uh, matchup for us. I think it's a stronger conference. It has that marquee um, kind of reputation. Big 12 is sending you know Oklahoma to you know great bowl matchup. I'm pretty sure with Florida. So for us to be able to take on a Big 12 team uh, on December 31st. Uh, you know, again, I think it's a lot of great exposures on the way. And as much as we've talked about, we're not going to get into a bowl over the last 24 hours. I think we've drawn more attention to ourselves. Now it's time to perform. Yeah, back it up, right? And I mean, like like I said before, we just don't know which who which players are going to show up for this game and uh, who's going to be in the lineup. But I mean, if Army's shown anything this season, it's shown that they're a pretty deep team. And yeah. Jeff Munkin says, hey, they might not. And he says this every year, right? When Jeff, when Army wins, says that we're not the most talented team, but this is my best team. He says that a lot. But maybe this season, maybe it holds true considering everything that the team's been through, through the through the coronavirus pandemic. And, you know, maybe, um, you know, you look at their team, their senior class is not really filled with, like, you know, guys, superstars. They just show up every game. Like the Mike Johnsons and the John Radigans show up every game. And then Mike Johnson knocks down double digit, has double digit pancakes almost every game, and you know we we know the season Radigan's had. So I mean, you know I mean this is a this is certainly the opportunities there now, and there's no now it's just practice and prepare and go out there and uh, you know they're three zero and Jeff Munkin are in bowl games, so let's see if they can pull off the four. I I do think it's worth pointing out the amount of young, very talented kids that they've got, you know, they, he always says, Oh, you know, our team doesn't have any talent or whatever, but mm. he's got a lot of kids on there now that turned down offers other places that five years ago, that isn't what they had, they had going on. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, that class that graduated with 2018 uh, you know, that, that, that I remember when they got recruited and, you know, that was the first like big full monk in the era class and it was great, and it was kind of like a watershed in terms of the amount of talent that they brought into the program. But there still weren't that many kids that were like declining offers from, you know, legitimate football schools. And now you're definitely seeing that. You know, Anthony Atkins turning down opportunity to walk on at Louisiana. Um, I'm sorry, at Louisville. You know, and some other guys like that. That that legitimate athletes. I I he's got he's got a good amount of talent. I don't think he's got as much talent as West Virginia, but the Army team is getting better. And, you know, just look at the advantage that they have on special teams now over Navy and Air Force. When you never saw an advantage on special teams by the Black Knights, like you never saw that. That's that's 100% because of the depth and the number of athletes on the roster. I, I like the fact that you said special teams, and I'll shift that way for a little bit. Uh, we're ball hungry. Uh, we, like yeah. we like to force uh, the action. Uh, to me, pointing that's, that statistic out a little bit, West Virginia has three scoring kickers on the roster. Now, they're perfect on the extra point side, but they're not perfect on the field goal side. There's uh, one of the kickers, you know, you have uh, Evan Staley, six of nine. You have Casey Legg, five of seven. And then you have uh, Tyler uh, Sumter, two for two. So it's a mixed bag as far as there's a big difference between uh, extra points and field goals. In close games, which I do think it's, I think it's going to be another fist fight. It's going to be very, uh, 
that field goal uh, kicking position, whoever it's going to be, uh, maybe they've seen us try and go after some kicks. Maybe they're going to, you know, mm-hmm. overcompensate for what they have to do in order to preserve three points at a time. But to me, special teams is going to be a huge factor. I'd love to see Tyrell Robinson get out in open field, uh, get get something that he can return. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, but that's one thing. One-on-one, open field, open space, I think that is a, a big check mark for us on special teams. Great point about special teams because now, Dan and Jim, you know in the past, we Army, Jeff Munkin was going for it a lot on fourth down when they were kind of in the red zone, so to speak, or maybe outside the 20, right? He'd go for it. He didn't have a lot of confidence in his kicker. And now it seems like with freshman uh, Quinn Moretzky, I mean, he went out there. He went out there. He's going out there and trotting them in the Commander in Chief's trophy games instead of going for it. Now, maybe down and distance was a little analytics didn't agree with the down and distance and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, now he has confidence. It, it seems like Moretzky is going to be a good one, no doubt. And you look at, you know, the seven block seven blocks of kicks in, in during the season. Uh, maybe we'll see Andre maybe we'll see Andre Carter back um, for this bowl game. He didn't play against the Air Force. I mean he's a factor on special teams and on defense. So um sophomore, you know, I mean Yeah. yeah and, a, and a huge kid. Like he's an enormous human being. And, you know <laughs> when, when, that's just not something you'd seen from Army in the past is that they would have this enormous kid capable of playing, you know, who knows how many positions, making plays, and he's buried on special teams as a yearling. Like, that's that's just the depth of the team. We didn't see that five years ago. 6'6", six, six, right? He's like 6'6". Six, yeah. six. I don't know what they list him at. He's got to be at least 250, I would think, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just – you know what? Real quickly, if we're touching on the team, i like to mention uh, Markel Broughton because this is a kid who's a sophomore who's jumped right into the starting lineup – and you know what? Yeah, you have your captains. You have Sandy McCoy, Mike Johnson, Amadeo West. Amadeo West, no doubt. And all those three guys are leaders. But to have a sophomore with the voice of Markel Broughton during practices and on the field, I mean, that guy has just really, I think, has been a real part of this kind of renaissance on defense. Yeah, Nate Woody's been great first-year coordinator. John Radigan's had a, a nice breakout season. We knew what we were getting with Eric Smith, right? We knew what we were getting yeah. with Eric Smith. But what was going to happen with the secondary? Uh, because, you know, the, when you lose a guy like Jalen McClinton, you lose and Elijah Riley in that secondary, you lose some guys that played in forever, four-year guys. And, man, brought and Cedric Cunningham's been excellent too. Let's not, you know, Cedric Cunningham's been excellent. But I think Markel Broughton on and off the field, I mean, I think I give him a lot of credit for the defense and under sophomore who no doubt, I think he has a chance to be a two-year captain in his last two years because mm. the, the – his teammates just gravitate toward him. You just, you just, you just can see it in videos and during games. And uh, you know, I just wanted to mention him because that's not we haven't really talked individually a lot on this blog, on this podcast yet. So I figured give him a mention. Um, now, real quick, we are, are we done talking bowls? Are we done talking this matchup, guys? Or you have anything else to add? Uh, it'll be a great game, but I haven't really looked at it yet. I'm definitely not ready to break it down in any detail. Um, I, you know, I, I'm excited about it, but I don't. I don't think I have anything to add. You don't have a prediction yet, Dan. You don't have a prediction. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, I, I, I got to look at it briefly, Dan, to tell you the truth. And, and again, not in depth, like you said. Uh, both teams are very ball disciplined. I think both teams like to control the ball. Uh, West Virginia controls the ball on average about 32 minutes per game. Uh, we're sticking at that 34 minutes per game. I think that's going to be critical early. Uh, to me, the Stills brothers are very good. 
However, if we can get on them early and take those 16 play drives to them early, I think it'll wear them out a little bit. They're not used to that. The Big 12 likes to move the ball. They're shorter drives. You're not on the field that long. And so realistically, is this is a totally different ball control offense that they've seen all season. And I think that is going to really uh, – that's our advantage. If we can get the ball moving three, four yards at a time, hang on to the ball 10-plus you know, play drives – I think we got a real shot here to wear down that defense. And, uh, and again, it's brand new. Uh, West Virginia doesn't play against triple option. A lot of teams don't. And so offense is really my key to overall. I think the last two games, Navy and Air Force, I've been solely focused on the defense and how we can control to get the ball back to the offense. I think it's flipped this way. I think we need to control the ball against a really balanced offense in West Virginia. And I think we can beat them. It'll be close. Uh, but if we stick to our plan, uh, shake it up a little bit, I'd love to see to get the ball outside as much as possible, just a little bit more, but pound away. We're going to have our stable of fullbacks back, and we also have a stable of you know quarterbacks as running backs. So it, in a sense, is we have nine to ten interchangeable parts in our backfield. I think we're going to be fresh, ready to go, and pound the ball. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead, Dan. Oh yeah. Well, I guess I guess uh, just to follow up with that, my message to every West Virginia defensive player is to think of Ed Oliver. You know, he opted out of the uh, bowl game with Houston and was a first round pick. So if you're a West Virginia defensive player and you're a senior, there's nothing to be gained by playing Army. Go no. get ready for the draft. I just got a message from some an Army fan who has talked to somebody at uh, West Virginia, and he mentioned that 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 might be the case. Some guys might opt out of this game now. Some of the guys who have NFL. You know who could can be NFL draft picks might opt out of this game. Yeah, I think Otherwise, the yeah. Stills brothers, whether it's a junior and a senior, to go out and be drafted in the same draft, I think that would be wonderful. Dan, how about you? Well, I mean, just think of the business decision. You know, you either opt out and go into the draft, or you have Mike Johnson, future infantry officer, dive at your knees for three hours, and then maybe you don't even get drafted. I don't know. I just think it's dangerous. Like it's dangerous to play the triple option. I would be scared. It is. Thank you for being responsible, Dan. Yeah. Just trying to help. Yeah. Business decision. Think of yourself. Just touching on, on the quarterback situation now real quick. I mean, now with Christian Anderson's performance against Air Force, now that's another person that def- like West Virginia's defense will have to be. We don't know if Tyler Tyler um, will play in the bowl game. I think he tweeted out that he's okay. He feels fine. Uh, still will probably have to get cleared. I'm not sure what happened to him because we could speculate that maybe he – he got knocked, got his bell rung, um, and uh, but now Christian Anderson, man, great performance against the force, stepped right in, kind of an experienced type guy, and uh, another person that uh, you know West Virginia certainly has to worry about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I whoever they put out there, I hope that they'll run some more honest read option plays and not just call everything from the sidelines because I think they're going to have to take more chances to score more points in this game. Uh, the, I think the follow was uh, lined up pretty well against Air Force and Navy. I think it'll, I think it'll shake up in more of a true read, like you said. Yeah. More of an honest triple option to provide, you know, more ability. I think you'll see more trap. Hopefully yeah. not with Robinson in the middle. Hopefully with a bigger wing back up in yeah, the middle. Yeah, I'd like to see the trap with uh, Anthony Adkins. You know, especially especially if they gave like an option to uh, Tyler, somebody who's got good speed, and then you give it to Adkins on some kind of like counterplay. I'd like to see them do more of that. 
but obviously they have to they have to give the quarterback the decision to you know the ability to make that decision because at least against Navy and Air Force it felt like those defenses after a while sort of felt what was coming. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to get more creative against West Virginia, no doubt. And I don't know. And we talked about this. We talked about this in the Air Force review. Robinson needs to be in space. Period. You know, running him up the middle does. I don't think it does much. And uh, you know, they have to get him the ball. Period. I mean, I know that in the past this offense hasn't really might not have utilized its slot backs to their capabilities. You know, you look at Kel Walker um, for example. Um, and I think it's. I think you got to get Robinson the ball. We've talked about it. Uh, it it's just a, Jim. It's a topic that we've talked about a lot the last two nights. So uh, we're not going to burn that out. Um, let's just get to a couple of topics real quick, and, and and we'll get out of here. First off, you know, today I, I think it came out today where the AP, uh, sorry, the coaches top twenty five poll. They revealed um, the polls of each coach, and you saw that Army who who uh, who holds Army in high regard and who doesn't hold Army in high regard. You know, and ha- and was I a little shocked to see uh, Kenny Amatololo not put Army in his top 25? A little. Was I shocked to see Troy Calhoun not put Army in the top 25? Absolutely not. You know, I don't think he, if we went over all of Troy Calhoun's ballots, would he ever put Army in the top 25? Unlikely. You know, I just, what, what did you guys take from, what did you guys take from that today? Anything did you take from that? Uh, I, if I'm Ken, I don't think I've got a good team. I mean, he's got to know that he doesn't have a good team this year, right? They're three and seven, mm-hmm. um, and absent one superstar player last year, they probably it's been a while since they have had a, a good season, right? And so he's thinking, I almost beat Army in their building. How can they be a top twenty-five team? So I guess mm-hmm. I'll defend him. Okay. Uh, I personally think that the layoff they had in the middle of the season that let them reset their defense was like a watershed event in their season. But yeah, it's if I'm Coach Ken, I think that's an easy decision to make. You know, besides screw those guys, right? I mean, it's not like we're buddies. <laughs> well, for us to to lose BYU off the schedule, to Oklahoma off the schedule, uh, to I think you know we just were out of sorts. Tulane was one of those stinker games that to me you just got to throw away. So there's a couple of data points in there to in in my gut feeling uh, as an Army football fan, former Army football player. I hate to be ranked before the end of the year. I don't like to be ranked. I love to be the underdog. I love to be under the radar. So to me, is hanging around 25. I think 25 would have been appropriate to, to say 27. Eh, okay, a couple spots here or there. Didn't bother me one bit. Yeah, and then we had uh, pro, pro Football Focus uh, College. They put out their All-American list today. And, uh, you know, John Radigan, senior linebacker, was a third-team All-American. And Mike Johnson, I missed it. Mike Johnson, honorable mention um, as a left guard. And that means they consider, they, they rate or grade Mike Johnson as one of the top four left guards in the country. And that's that's pretty big. I mean, Mike, talking about a guy who tore his ACL after his freshman year and fought back to, uh, I think he had a couple other injuries too that he battled through. And he's probably playing banged up this year too. And uh, it's, it's a great honor for both of those uh players, guys who have really put in the work to get to where they are and are totally, to me, completely deserving of, of those honors. People might say, oh, here we go. You know, it's Army. No, these guys are good football players. And I I, I talked about this on the po- on the podcast before. I think John Radigan has a chance to play at the next level. Um, I, I, I do. I mean, I, I, I and Mike Johnson, I'm sure you said, Dan, he's the future infantry offer, 
officer. He's already a second lieutenant <laughs> in the army. So, but uh, I mean, it's got to be a nice, uh, just good recognition for this program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know what I have to add. I, I'm definitely not the guy who's going to sit down and break down film of the offensive line and and have an opinion about how the guards are playing. But definitely, it's an honor and it's it's awesome to see these guys getting that recognition. I think uh, the one thing is I sometimes selfishly I do break down the offensive line <laughs> because I, I have a lot of friends that are offensive linemen. Yeah, and yeah. Is uh, you know. I, I mentioned our fat men and how special they are in my heart uh, to win our fourth uh, Navy game. So I take special care to make sure to give them props when needed. But uh, Mike Johnson's, uh, his first step is so quick. He positions his, his body position is inside hand control. He moves people I, I, to me as I think he's a very special offensive lineman. And then back to John Radigan is great as advertised the one year he finally cracks into the starting role, he was everything that everybody raved about. And the most impressive thing about John Radigan is before every snap, watch the calm. He is so in control of that huddle. It's not this hype. It's not let's go like a bunch of wild dogs, LT. This guy's in absolute control and puts himself in the perfect spot to make plays on the defensive side of the ball. He's kind of when he makes a play, a tackle for a loss. Yeah, there's a, cel- a little bit of a celebration, but he's the guy. Get let's get right back into our uh, yeah. huddle and let's get after it. I mean, has there ever been a player at Army um, to have a first year senior season like him in the last twenty twenty five? I mean, twenty years. I I can't come up on off the top mm-hmm. of my head. It 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 always does seem like they've got somebody who's going to come in and play linebacker and just be this amazing outstanding linebacker that you've never heard of. They've been recruiting some amazing kids and obviously developing them too, which is also very hard to do. You know, I mean, I'll tell you the truth. If you're going to go back 25 years ago, I mean, my classmate, Brian Tucker, Brian Tucker suffered a pretty brutal knee injury. Uh, he played behind some pretty special linebackers at, at army, you know, in the form of, you know, uh, Kevin Zarnecki, Pat work, Pat Zelly, all these guys that really had these, you know, recognizable names. And when, you know, it was his time to step up in the middle, Brian Tucker was a very special, underrated linebacker, loved it. He had a nose for the ball. Out of Odessa, Texas, that's about as tough as you come. Mm-hmm. He really was Texas tough and uh, a really, really great ball player, s- square in the middle of our defense, uh, making plays week in and week out. Yeah, when you look at entering the season, I don't know is John Radigan a name that popped off the top? I mean, you you read stories that he was at the bottom of the depth chart. Was he at the very bottom of the depth chart? I don't think he was because I remember seeing him make plays in the spring and in the preseason of 2019 where he looked like he belonged on the field. He was just behind Cole Christensen, you know, and, and, and some pretty good – and Eric Smith, two pretty good linebackers, you know. So I think that, you know, man, on special teams, he made plays on special teams last year. He was one of their leading tacklers. Um, so, you know, I just think he, man, and you know what, one of the absolute great dudes you're going to meet. I mean, when I, 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 this is a personal note, when I announced that I was leaving paper, um, earlier this month and I was going to you know move on to, to other things, John Bradigan sent me a direct message thanking me for the coverage. How many, oh, guys, cool. how many guys do that? How many yep. guys do that? You know, and, and then I got an interview with him, uh, I think the week before the Navy game. And it was just a great, it was a, just a great conversation. Just a, a, a real, as real as it gets. I think when you talk about John, he's just as real as it gets. There's no, 
he just he's a he's a football player but he's also a, a, re- a very good person very real dude and i just uh just wanted to share that real quick i uh, just thought that you know that that was something that i was caught i was getting a lot of like well wishes and to have that from a, a, a army football player was definitely you know it was it honestly it was a little shocking but it was definitely also humbling and just 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 a great kid deserves that deserves the best and uh you know one more one more ride for these guys now one more ride for this senior class and no chance to continue uh, to, to continue this great season and set some um, be known as a pretty historic team in army history are there the team that broke the streak with navy no are there the team that won 11 wins and dismantled houston maybe not but this team will have its spot in army history with another with another with, with another win on uh, in the bowl game against liberty I mean, in the Liberty Bowl, sorry, against West Virginia. Oh, got Liberty on my mind because those are some of the teams that were going through yesterday. So, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy, guys, to think that now we're talking bowl game now after, you know, last night. So. Thank you. Yeah, just some final thoughts from you guys. Sorry, I went on a rant there. I went on a little rant there. Sorry about that. Uh, it, mm, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm excited about the game. Um you know, happy that it's at a time and place that I'll be able to watch. Uh, not in person, unfortunately, but what can you do? I, I'm excited to get back in the stadium in person next year. Uh, you know, we we let our season tickets lapse in the wake of the COVID fiasco, and uh, I'm really excited to get back up to a lot and tailgate a little. I'm looking forward to the bowl game personally. I think that after you know 24 hours of really messing with me. Uh, we're we're back on track. I'm in a good place. Uh, just to let you know, every everything is great again. Uh, but to me, is and just another opportunity to win. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's first game or bowl game. Is just that opportunity to to represent Army football and the United States Military Academy it means more to these these guys than a, a lot of players on other teams uh, could express. We'll wrap it up here, Dan. Would you like to plug uh, where we can find you and uh, where we can read your uh, your stuff? So yeah, um, my name is Dano E. Cabeza, and I am the senior writer and now editor at As for Football. And uh, you can find us at As for Football on Twitter or asforfootball.com on the World Wide Web. And uh, yeah, I think our stuff is worth reading humbly. Uh, but you may have a different opinion. If you hate us, definitely let me know. I love it. Um, and send all of the links that you hate to all your friends so they can hate it too. There you go. And you and you can follow us on Black. Uh, we have our Twitter uh, platform, Black Knight Nation. Follow me at Sal Internado. Like I said, we we have we are on App, Apple Podcasts now, so you can give us a sub- subscribe there and subscribe to us on uh, YouTube also at Black Knight Nation. Guys, really appreciate the time tonight. Hey, we got a, another game to watch this season. Fired up, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk about Army football again soon. All right. Beat West Virginia. Go Army.